0: Howdy. Hey, welcome, welcome to the Texan, Texan steak.
1: steak. All, All right. right, we are back. So um, lots of stuff, lots of stuff.
0: Not drinking anything too terribly inter- interesting today. I just had a half glass of wine over here. Briggs drinking some Salvation Tropical IPA, which yeah, is why I'm not drinking. Any we've yet.
1: actually uh, we actually covered this on the podcast once. Already. Did we really? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the last time I randomly picked it up like.
0: This. Oh, nice. Yeah. I can't imagine I enjoyed it much because it's an IPA, but it does look interesting.
1: Um, I think I was drinking the last one. I don't know that you actually tried it.
0: Good, good, good. You know, the last time... I mean, you're more than welcome to. I, I'll try it, sure. Let's it's, see what it has to say. It's cool. It's, it's, incredible it's got labeling. a lot of hops. Incredible But it's labels. also very sweet. And yes, the this labeling is, is amazing. Uh, Solvation Tropical IPA. I think rubric, it's from Maggie pineapple, Valley. Pineapple Papaya Green Tea Innovation Brewing. This is a 6.5% ABV. It's got this cool hot balloon hot air balloon steampunk with cool pipes and fans and stuff on it, it looks like a teapot.
1: Yeah, it's uh, they they definitely win for yeah, the attributes of their label.
0: So this is from somebody who does not like IPAs. But this is my take on it. The initial taste is very fulfilling it is yeah it's got that pineapple and papaya just like they were talking about it hits you hard there's a burst of sweetness that really it's not true sweetness what it is you're just tasting the flavors of the pineapple Mm -hmm. and papaya so crisply Mm -hmm. but the second that that's gone your face is just filled like stuffed with hops and so it's like
1: uh, oh And so uh, I'm to still. To be fair, I can tolerate a little more I'm hops. Still than you can.
0: tasting hops right now, and so I wish I had. I have a drop of wine left. Hold on.
1: Ah, much better. We'll have to fix that for you in a minute.
0: Yeah. So I mean, like, as far as an IPA goes, Here.
1: you are gonna read it. <laughs> Thought you were gonna read it. I, that's There's the only still I liquid in this one. Is there? Yeah, That's man. the one that I dropped over. You, you got to help well, yourself Well, you, I, I, I can, but after you
0: you read it. Okay, so India Pale Ale. This unique IPA is a result of Silva's collaborative Silva. community I said Maggie
1: Valley. It's close. and is
0: brought together by a love of both beer and tea. A beverage like no other that exemplifies the manifestation of people working together. So fruity, you can practically taste the rainbow. Hops, Citra, Amarillo, and Simcoe. Brewed and canned by Innovation Brewing in Silva and Dillsboro, North Carolina. So there you go. From an IPA perspective, if you like IPAs, I cannot imagine that you would not adore this beer. Adore. But somebody who does not like <coughs> IPAs like me, this is like one of the worst ones because the first taste is incredible. So generally, when somebody says, Would you like to try a beer? you're like, I don't know. Don't really care for IPAs much. And like, yeah, we'll try this. And so they crack one open, hand it to you, and you taste a sip and you're like, oh hey that's really good they're like yeah i thought you'd like it and then they walk away and then three seconds later your mouth is still tasting the hops and it's just like oh oh now i don't like this but you still have a whole can of beer in your hand so you feel compelled to drink more and it doesn't help because then you just sit there holding beer that you don't want to be looking like you're pouring out and because that's rude and so you're not really sure what to do yourself and that's that's kind of what i'm feeling when i'm drinking this the first taste is just like oh that's nice then after that it's like boom oh yeah i forgot it's an ipa and this is a lot hoppier than most ipas that i've had and i also
1: like bitters and mixed drinks which a lot of people don't like so there is now i would say for most people including myself for a long time yeah um i can step out further and enjoy it than you can Yeah, yeah, definitely. my comfort zone, if I had to pick a full comfort zone, is not an IPA, it's an ESP. Yeah. So now... That's where I like to stay.
0: ESPs I can do. That's about as much as I can do, but I can do it, and they're good, and I like them.
1: I like them because you can still get all the flavors, but we have so much of a beer culture here in Asheville. That
0: being said, I have a dear and (gasps) close to my heart uh, feeling towards IPAs. And let me tell you why. And so, you know, I took my fiancé on our first not date. And it wasn't a date. The not date date. The not date date, right. Because, you know, the day started off as not a date. It's just friends hanging out. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it was pretty most definitely absolutely a date <laughs> um but it didn't start out that way nor was it intended that way either that's just the way things rolled um and uh neither one of us were expecting it to actually turn into a date but ladies and gentlemen that's what it turned into which is why it was our first not date um and so anyway on this first not date what we went we, we went to go shoot at her grandparents uh we went to go shoot at her grandparents uh <laughs> range on her grandparents range not at her grandparents. Yeah, they can't run that fast yeah yeah so i mean that wouldn't even be worth that many points when they're slow right you know <laughs> um so <laughs> we were shooting at her grandparents range uh and i had suggested it the night before uh, we were having a chili party and she she came to the chili party and i was like hey we should go shooting tomorrow you know would you like to do that and she was like mm, i don't know. And so the next morning, I get a text from her. She's like, are you still wanting to go shooting? And I was like, sure. You down? And she's like, yeah, I'm down. So we went shooting. And her grandparents invited me up and all that. And that was great. And it went on from there. Ice cream was involved. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But um, IPAs. So the reason why I have this love for IPAs, this heartfelt, like, you know, got to have me an IPA, is because when you shoot him with the gun, they explode and there's lots of foam and stuff. And it just looks <laughs> awesome. And just like my fiance's face just lit up with joy. You know, it was like a, Have you ever seen, um, you know, a, a five-year-old girl or something, just the cutest thing in the world. And you pull her favorite, you know, cartoon character stuffed animal out of a bag and show it to her. And her face just lights up and she's like, it's just the best time in her whole life. That's the look that was on her face when she shot that can of beer and it exploded and foam went everywhere. And so, yeah, I had at the chili party we had the night before I just grabbed some extra, you know, IPAs. Cause I was like, we ain't going to drink them. Nobody's going to drink these IPAs. they are just going to sit here in our cooler forever, stay in there. And so I was like, I'll put them to good use. So I tossed a couple of them in the car and we took them out there and, uh, Um, uh, and I set up a couple of cans and, you know, she didn't have the highest hopes of hitting any of them, but she gave them a good shot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, um, you know, we enjoyed our time together and I was kind of showing her this and that bomb. She just blew up this can of beer and just her face lit up with joy. And I was like, you need to do that again. That looked really cool. (laughs) You know, I just want to see that look of joy on your face again. She popped another can of beer, boom, IPA all over the place. And, uh. Uh, so anyway, that's my connection to IPA. That's why you always have an IPA around so you can set it up and shoot at it and make your fiancee girlfriend, make your future fiancee an incredibly happy woman. Um, so anyway, there's that, but, um, so, uh, closing up the, the intro here, um, interesting stuff going on in Texas. So, Texas governor calls on citizens to report parents of trans- transgender kids for abuse. Governor Greg Abbott said those who fail to report instances of minors receiving gender-affirming medical care could face criminal pen- uh, criminal penalties. This is from news uh, NBCnews.com, and there's a picture of Greg-, Greg Abbott here. Now, I don't have the nicest things in the world to say about Greg Abbott because... He's like strong in areas where he absolutely, totally should be strong. And then he's really, really weak in areas that he should totally and absolutely be strong. And I'm like, ah, so it's really, really hit and miss with him, really hit and miss. But for this right here, I'm like, good on him. This is awesome. The whole U.S. crazy world is, you know, um, taking kids and convincing kids that they are not what they think they are, you know, like taking a little boy and saying that he's, you know, as soon as he looks at something pink and smiles, they're like, Oh, he must think he's a girl, you know? And so they want to affirm his gender and then they'll literally mutilate this child. They will physically and surgically mutilate this child in uh, irreversible ways permanently for life, you know, um, to, Make this kid, you know,, uh, you know, uh, affirm, quote unquote, affirm uh, his sexual identity or what he identifies as. And y'all, it's just absolutely evil. I mean, evil. I mean, there, when he says criminal penalties, I'm hoping that it's like, you know, prison, not just prison for life, I mean, in all honesty. Back in the day, that would be, you know, mutilating a child like that. That's not life in prison. That's like old Sparky. I'm
1: Mm -hmm. serious.
0: I mean, that should be an incredibly serious offense. I mean, like, really serious. Just because you're absolutely mutilating a child, you know, at the most vulnerable part in their life where they have no idea what is right or wrong. They have no idea what is you know, uh, who or what they are, you know, that stuff doesn't really actually change in their life until their hormones start coming on stronger, you know, uh, and pubescence and uh, puberty and stuff. And that's when they're like, Oh, I actually know what I am now. You know, before that, they're just kind of this gooey gel, right? They don't really know what they are because they're kids. You know, some of them do, but you know, um, and so they're mutilating them early in life. Which these doctors that perform these surgeries should be, you know, not just whipped within an inch of their life, but also sued for malpractice and then also put in prison and then also old sparkied. Um And, you know, you just don't do that to your own kids. That is evil. And then these little girls, you know, who like, you know, play with a car when they're three, like, oh, she must think she's a boy. You know, we need to go affirm that then they have this, you know, um, evil women doctors that are saying we need to take these little girls and mutilate them to make them boys, you know. And at the end of the day, they're still not boys and the boys that are being changed still aren't girls. They're still what they originally were. They're just mutilated is what they are. Mm -hmm. And it just destroys their hormones for the rest of their lives. They don't develop correctly. And then oftentimes it'll end in, you know, um, uh, suicide. Mm -hmm. And so it's literally a delayed suicide. It does a
1: number to the psyche.
0: It does. It really does. Because you're sitting here, your life is literally ruined. You know, you can't have any normal sexual life because, you know, everything was ruined at an early age. And so, you know, what, you know, that's just, you know, you 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 just, you know, it's just evil is what it is. It's really, really, really evil. Um, and so praise God for Texas who is standing up against this and is calling it what it is, a criminal activity. It's a crime. And people who don't report their you know. Um, this
1: isn't even necessarily a Christian issue. It's a human rights issue. It's a human point. rights
0: issue. Yeah. You know, it's not- I mean.
1: Even if you remove
0: Christianity from it, it's still like anybody with a rational neuron know, we, in their we, head. We
1: argue for other countries where there's right. genital mutilation and stuff right. like that. But then when it you know enters under the course name of something else here, right. as soon as we're now becomes, okay with as it. As
0: soon as it becomes a transgender issue, then all of the U.S. is like, oh, we need to do this. But yeah, if you've got these people in these Middle Eastern countries who, uh, um, you know... Uh, do a what do they call it? Female genital mutilation mm-hmm. on their on their little girls and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know the whole world and the U.S. with it. Outcries and just cries and sheds these huge tears and like these evil people over here. And look then they look at their own children. little girl and do the same thing. Yeah, it just costs a lot more and it's a lot more public because they post it on Instagram and TikTok. You know, and you know it's like. Oh, Why are you loving, I mean, the Bible says things about people that um, don't look after their own, you know, worse than unbelievers, you know, Mm -hmm. because if you don't take care of your own, then what the heck are you? And if you don't, um, if you're caring for somebody else's child while your child is starving, then you are failing in everything in life right now, and God is upset with you. Right, I mean, literally, God is upset with you. Um, and it's not very good to have the Almighty God mad at you. So anyway, right. all that to say, good on you, Texas. Uh, keep up the good work. Stand tall and strong against uh, the mutilation of our future. That's what our children are. They are our future. And when you cut them up with knives and call them what they aren't, what kind of future are we going to have? Yeah. Texas will have a future. Huh. That's good. So anyway, with that, we're going to get back to the book of Daniel and we'll be right back. All right. We are back. We are indeed back. Yes, we are. So, uh, we left y'all laugh ta- last time with Mene laugh Mene Tekel Upharsin or Mene Mene Tekel Upharsin. I'm not sure if you're supposed to pronounce the P-H as a ph or if it's Upharsin. I don't know, but that's what we left you with last time. And, um, good old Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, uh, literally saw the original and the first writing on the wall and he was doing things that he ought not to be doing with god's um gold and silver chalices and silverware and whatever and they were drinking and you know with his friends and lords and concubines and they were praising and worshipping the gods of gold and silver, bronze and iron, wooden stone. That's wood and stone, not wooden stone. The wooden stone. The wooden stone, yeah.
1: Sounds like a Harry Potter book.
0: It does. Uh, Harry Potter and the Wooden Stone. Uh, I'd watch it.
1: Or read it. Both, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got hit with the rock. I don't know about that. I wouldn't stone him. Well, he is a wizard, so maybe he is gonna get stoned. Yes.
1: Yeah. He's also
0: a teenager, so maybe he's gonna be a stoned
1: teenager. <laughs> <laughs> he oh. wouldn't get stoned <laughs> uh,
0: uh yeah. Uh, Harry Potter and the, the the Stony High, I don't know. Anyway, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll stop. We'll stop right there. But anyway, um anyway, after all these uh, lords and concubines and stuff were praising the gods of gold and silver and stuff, God wrote on his wall. Now, mind you, today That would mean something slightly different. When you write on somebody's wall, usually that means you're putting a post on somebody else's post that they run, you know. Uh, And so God was kind of doing that right, but it was a different kind of wall. It wasn't like a, you know, posted on somebody's Facebook wall or whatever. This was, you know, actually writing on the wall. Ah, uh, and God wrote many, many, Now, Darius, not Darius, Belshazzar was like, dude, I don't know what that means. And I'm kind of scared. And so his wife was like, oh, there's this guy, Daniel. He can interpret stuff. And so anyway, they call. He's done it before. Oh, Belteshazzar over. And... Uh, Belshazzar Belteshazzar is like, yeah, I can do this. I can interpret it for you. It's not looking too good, buddy. Your kingdom is going to be divided. And uh, yeah, not good. You probably, what, what does he say? Um, uh, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. You have weighed in the balances and found wanting. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Oof. Now, to Belshazzar's um, credit, If I was Belshazzar and I had somebody tell me that even if they were being honest like brutally honest like, you know You told me exactly what I didn't want to hear. Thank you very much I don't know if I'd take it so well, you know the whole deal with killing the messenger, you know I'm kind of surprised that Daniel got away so well But you know he did exactly what he said he'd do and he gave Daniel gold chain and purple and all that jazz And then he died That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. So there you go. That's what happened in the last chapter. Um, And really, you know, I'm going to continue on here in chapter 6, but just going back there and um, using maybe finding a practical application. Y'all, this is what happens. This is the way God feels whenever we take what is sacred and precious to him and pervert it and worship something else, you know, it's given credit to some other creator. Um, I don't know. Have you ever, you know, it always hurts whenever somebody else gets credit for something that you did. You did. Yeah. You know, it's like if you, if you make this cool painting, like, dang, this is a great painting. Great painting.
1: Best painting ever.
0: Best sorry. painting ever. And then somebody steals that painting and sells it for 10000 Puts their signature on puts it. Puts their signature on it. And you're like, dude, that's my painting. That's fraud. I did that. You know, it is. It's, it's, it's literally fraud. That's exactly what it is. And so, you know, it really hurts and it cuts down deep. And so that's what these guys were doing when they were worshiping these other gods with the very gold and silver from the real God's temple in Jerusalem. So they're literally using the communion glasses, if you will, and, um, worshiping God, other gods. And so God's like, yeah, that's not cool. We're done here, guys. Yeah. Um, you guys can, uh, leave now. And so Belshazzar did indeed leave and he was slain. And Darius the Mede took over the kingdom. So there you go. Uh, So don't pervert what God has made and don't worship some other thing when you should be given that glory and worship to God. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's a lot of people that just live incredible lives and they worship the money, they worship some like Buddha or Zen, whatever. Right. And uh and they they're, they're living these incredible lives and they're given the glory to a fake god and the real god is sitting there just like dude i did all that for you all those nice things this wonderful life that you are living, i gave all that to you and right. you're worshiping some other god that'd be like if you gave a kid 10 bucks and then he went over and hugged the beggar it's like dude what he didn't give you anything why are you hugging him i gave you 10 bucks you know at least to thank you would be nice um and then they kick you in the shins and go thank somebody else and that's the way god felt and understandably and uh generally when god feels that way uh He has the power to do something about it, which is one of the reasons you shouldn't make him upset.
1: Don't do that. Don't do
0: that. So anyway, uh, practical application of chapter five is um, give God the glory, y'all. Give God the glory for every good thing in your life Um, and for even the bad things that you're not really sure why they're there. uh, But later in life, you'll probably come to appreciate them or maybe, I don't know. But anyway, um, when God gives you gifts— Don't go thanking somebody else. Thank God. All right, Daniel chapter 6. Ladies and gentlemen, we come to you with the Duck Commander Faith and Family Bible, New King James Version. We're in Daniel chapter 6. The plot against Daniel. it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. Hmm. To be over the whole kingdom. Satrap. Could you do something for me, Briggy Brig? Could look you up look say-trap. up the word satrap? Because that's one of those words. Where it's like you hear it over and over and over and over and over in the Old Testament. It's like,
1: you know what? Could you do some spelling for me on that?
0: It's a satraps or satraps.
1: S A T R A P S. Okay. So they were, <coughs> excuse me. They were governors of the provinces of ancient Median and Achaemenian Empires. Cool. And then several of their successors, such as the oh, brace yourselves. The Sassanian. The Sasanian. The Hellenistic Empires. Hellenistic cool. The Satrap or Satrap uh-huh. served as a viscery okay. to the king. Cool. Which I guess is like a second man. I don't know. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Right. Uh, Though, with considerable autonomy. So I guess kind of like Joseph, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The word would come to suggest tyranny. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not with it today. The ostentatious. God, I don't know that I've ever seen that word spelt. Really. Ostentatious? No.
0: I take it it's not spelled like Austin, Texas. No. <laughs> so,
1: um, ostentatious. So it's I'm funny. I th- the, the, the word itself seemed very intimidating, and then I was yeah. reading. I was like, "Oh, I know that word. It's yeah. ostentatious splendor." So, uh, the word came to suggest tyranny, in, or ostentatious splendor. Mm-hmm. In a modern usage, refers to a subordinate or local ruler, usually with unfavorable uh, connotations of corruption.
0: Huh, interesting.
1: So the word has changed.
0: So originally it was somebody who is kind of a what's a viscery, do you know? Is that like a Viscount?
1: It's an official. I I just literally just clicked on it and it gave me that. Uh, it, well, well, it's an official who runs a, a polity in the name of as a representative of a monarch or a territory, the team derived the term the team. The term derives from a Latin prefix "vice," meaning in place of, in the French word "roi," meaning king. Huh.
0: So, roy is that viceroy?
1: I guess not visery. It's a viceroy.
0: Vaswa. Isn't that
1: what wasn't uh, wasn't one of the? uh, My nerd is about to come out. Star Wars didn't they call a couple of people viceroy's? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and there's also my favorite book, uh, "Le Comte de Monte Cristo," or the Count of oh, yeah. Monte Cristo. Yeah, there is there's a couple it. of there's a couple of viscounts in there.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which is an incredibly cool. See, title. you
1: went, you went literary, literary prestige, and I went Star Wars. A <laughs> hey. viceroy, eh? you know, and they were never thought of as the good people. By the yeah, way,
0: yeah. Anyway,
1: back to the real world where I don't have a lightsaber.
0: Is that the guy who's named Roy and sitting there drinking too much and his buddy comes in and says, Oh, I see your Viceroy. Something Roy. like that. Anyway. Um, so anyway, that's what a satrap is. It's kind of like an old Viscount. Right. Or Viceroy. He's somebody who's relatively autonomous, but represents the king. Uh Can speak for the king, I guess, and kind of advise the king, maybe? Right. I don't know. Anyway, there you go. Satraps to be over the whole kingdom. So let me start over again. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom, Uh, and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one. So Daniel was a governor that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss.
1: So I guess say traps were kind of like mayors.
0: I guess. You know, if you well, want to put it in Well, no, I guess the SATraps were higher than mayors. Maybe they were more like representatives or something.
1: I don't know. Yeah, but the governor really doesn't have play over the representatives. That's, That's true. why I was using That's mayors true. as kind of a But you know, this is like this is because their... the governor is over a territory and then like your individual right, mayors right. are over constituted territories. So no, maybe
0: it'd be the other way around. The say traps would be the governors and the Governors here. Well, didn't would it say, be read the, that again? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh so the say traps to be over the whole kingdom. And oh no, I did read that backwards. No, you're right, you're right, you're right. So set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom, and over these satraps, uh three governors of whom. That's Daniels what I won. thought. So there, you you had it right. I was reading it well, backwards. Oh, um, you, you had
1: me questioning for a minute you right a right
0: right and i was sitting there like i was no. sitting there
1: going i know i heard that but maybe i, I was, was sitting there like no it's
0: the other way it's See the that, other way and then i was reading it and i was like no it's the other other way that's <laughs> how that's how easy it is
1: to instill doubt yes you yes had, i yes. was very confident for um, a minute. sorry i apologize to all of our listeners and then what was it that, oh, so so i uh, totally off subject but just confidence and you know how easy it is to instill sure doubt. sure um I was writing with my colleague and we were going to a, a job site and uh, we were listening to a song, a song we've heard, you know, so often. Cause it came, you know, it came out probably eight, nine years ago, you know? Um, and I immediately said, Hey, that's this artist or no, no. What I said was we haven't heard a lot of his music yeah. in a long time. i I was thinking of one artist. Yeah. Meanwhile, he named another artist and he said, yeah, he hasn't done that much, and I was like, "Wait, we're we're not talking about the same artist here." And he initially realized that we might not be, and so he said it again, right? Like reaffirm, yeah, that is who that is, right? And I said, "No, no, it's not. It's definitely this person." I was so I would have bet so much money on it, and I was so wrong. Oh. But I instilled that doubt in him accidentally, yeah. and he went to looking it up, and he was like, "I was right." and you made me think I was wrong, I was like,
0: I'm sorry, man. I was just pretty
1: confident I was right. You know?
0: I know the feeling. (laughs) Because there's that thought in your head, because all your brain has to do is just, I don't know, like flip a one or a zero or something, and it'll change your, you know, you're thinking of this, Yep. and you know that this guy, Uh and you're certain, because you're absolutely, totally, you know, you know everything about it, and you're absolutely certain. And then, you know a little bit later you're like oh no i wasn't wrong but it was about something different yeah you know? yeah yeah exactly this, i had a teacher richard trent cod the 3rd and he was my favorite math teacher because he's pretty cool nobody else really liked him much but i thought he was very valuable wait math or him math him uh, <laughs> in math, math and him <laughs> cuz he actually really cared about us in his right. own way and so after class he would always like give us this cool advice and he would even Close up shop early, just so that he could tell us some stuff that's been on his mind. He's like, "I wish that somebody had told me this when I was your age." And so I'm telling that's you, that's legit. Now. I like. I that. love this guy. And so uh, anyway, I still recognize him every once in a while, every other year or so in Asheville, and he'll actually recognize me. He was like, you're, you're, "You're Stuart, aren't you?" I was like, "I am." Hey, Richard, how are you doing? <laughs> um, and so anyway, uh, he always he was. Before the exams, before the tests, he would always give us test and exam advice. And one bit of advice that he gave that I will never forget is uh, the right answer to the wrong question is the wrong answer. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, yeah, there is that there is that. Anyway, let let it be on record that Stuart was wrong today. (laughs) It happens often, y'all. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, so these satraps had. Well, let's
1: let's take a break. Yeah, right we'll there. take we'll
0: a break right and back. we'll be right back. All right, we are back. Okay, so um, so Daniel is a governor. So there's one dude who's the king, and that's Darius or Darius there's 120 dudes who are like governors essentially or uh mayors as brig put it they're like mayors and then there's three people who are governors over these mayor-like people who are actually satraps and daniel is one of them so daniel is one of the top four people in the country dang son Okay, uh, then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him and the king gave gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Y'all, there is something incredible about having a godly Christian spirit. And there's a lot of godly Christians out there who are, I do believe, godly Christians, but sometimes you just don't see that spirit in them. And it's like, I feel like there should be a little bit more spirit there. You know what I mean? Like you the know, boom and kabam. Yeah, yeah. You know, like what what sets you apart from the world, huh? Um, And when you see somebody that is on fire for God and just always has a kind spirit, energetic, there's just something special about them. And you're just like, what is it? And I'll be perfectly honest, perfectly honest. I have seen some non-Christians who had a far better spirit than Christians even. And I'm like, it shouldn't be that way. You know, as Christians, we should be kind of setting the example as far as the Holy Spirit goes. Um, but anyway, just having a good spirit, that is that is the, the the Holy Spirit working in you. And so that is what these guys saw. That's what Darius saw was that that spirit in Daniel. Um, and, you know, thinking about that spirit that, you know, set him over everybody else. I mean, um, Shadrach, Meshach and Benny, uh, Benny the Abednego, Benny. they're not the top three. You know, they're not even in these governors as far as we know. They're not even in these uh, uh, traps, as far as we know. Um, yet there's still an incredible spirit in them. And that's all that's to say is wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever position God has given you in life, you can get to the top of that position potentially just by having a really good spirit. And that's not saying that that should be your end is to get a higher position. But your end should be to have a spirit, have that Christian, that godly, motivational, holy spirit. And good things will come from it, you know. It just will. Um, That's just all there is to it. And it might even set you apart and above and or above those of your peers. So that's just something to think about um boom where am i there it is so yeah so anyway daniel is now being looked at by the king and the king is like dude daniel's got this cool spirit oh i like his spirit and so he's thinking about setting daniel in his own like level right so you've got the king and then you've got these three governors and then people sounded to them he's thinking this daniel is pretty awesome i might put him above the other governors and just below me that's what he's thinking um then daniel distinguished himself above the the sea traps because the necklace spirit was in him and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge. We shall not find any charge against him concerning the law of. uh, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So the governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him King Darius, live forever all the governors of the kingdom and administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, turn page, oh, turn more than one page apparently, um, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, 3,000 plus years ago, that might not be a very good thing. But I can promise you that if you're cast into the den of lions now, you'll probably be greeted with coffee, historical talks, maybe a movie or two, um, Texas
1: chili. Not the same den. Oh,
0: yeah, I'm sorry. This is L-Y-O-N-S, not L-I-O-N-S. Yeah, pardon me. Dad always said, you know, we might be lions, but we're good Christian lions. We haven't eaten Christians for 2,000 years. (laughs) Um, uh, Different den of lions. Be cast into the den of lions. We have a friend named Daniel, and every time he came over to, like, a birthday party or something, or even now whenever he comes over to the chili party uh every once in a while dad will have a little fun at his and dad's expense and say you do know daniel that you're in the lion's den and daniel's like uh never heard that one before (laughs) (laughs) uh anyway now O king establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Odo oh, no. Hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Um Ladies and gentlemen, we come to the part of the Bible about Daniel and the lion's den. So whenever you read the book of Daniel, we this part right here is the part that everybody talks about. Whenever Daniel is talked about, it's only in the regards to the lion's den. In fact, if they talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, they don't even talk about the fact that it's in the book of Daniel. Unless they refer to a verse or something in there, maybe. But everybody knows about daniel in the lion's den it's one of the main like if there's even if there's somebody talking about bible something or other they might not know a darn thing about the bible but they know who daniel was and daniel was in a lion's den so this is it y'all daniel in the lion's den what's all that about let's read now when daniel knew that the writing was signed he went home and in his upper room with his windows open open towards Jerusalem he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his god and as was his custom since early days so let's go back just a little bit and look at what's going on here so you've got they just kind of list who's in charge of what and they also tell us that um You know darius is thinking about putting daniel above all the other governors and these other governors are like yeah we don't really like that idea the king likes daniel better than us did y'all ever watch the the veggie tales it's one of the early ones is daniel's in the lion's den or something like that i forget what it was called exactly there's this great song in there where the um the other governors are singing a song um Oh, hey, what we're going to do. What are we going to do? The king loves Daniel more than me and you. Oh, hey, what are we going to do? We got to get him out of here. Um, uh, and that, you know. Anyway, Veggie tales. Uh But that's exactly what's going on here. They're like, we got to get rid of this Daniel, dude, because the king obviously likes him better than us, despite the fact that these guys are very powerful and are over Everybody else, the greedy, they're greedy and, you know, want to be at least on the same level as this Daniel guy. But the fact that God, that Darius is putting Daniel above them, grieves them that they need to get rid of Daniel because, eh, you know, and so anyway, uh, just greedy, greedy, greedy dudes. Anyway,
1: plenty um, of that.
0: Right, right. So they're like, Daniel is literally perfect. I mean, literally perfect. So if we're going to get rid of him, we need to find something concerning his God to fault him on. That's the only way we can do it. So, oh, I've got an idea. Let's make a law that if you worship anything other than Darius, the lions get to eat you with popcorn. Ooh. Or maybe eat you with the side of potatoes.
1: Ooh, that sounds delightful.
0: Yeah. So, Daniel some, with a side of potatoes? Daniel Ooh. with a side of potatoes. Potatoes. So, turn on um, the movie. That's right. That's right. We're going to have a movie a movie night at Daniel's a moon expense. night. We're going to have a, a movie night at Daniel's expense. Um, Daniel will be providing the meat. <laughs> so, anyway, um that's what they're doing here. Darius, O King Darius, live forever. The governors of the kingdom, the administration, and the satraps' council's advisors have consulted together and established royal statute to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for thirty days except you, O King, shall be cast into the lion's den. Doesn't that sound good, O King Darius? Yeah. Doesn't that? Because we're giving you all the glory, ain't we? Now, it's interesting because This is just a 30 day trial, right? This isn't like a, you know, a life changing event. This isn't like, you know, um, first 30 days are free. And after that, you know, you, it's a paid subscription, right? This is literally just 30 days. This is, Hey, the next 30, yeah. The next 30 days. King, if somebody worships a God or a man other than you, then they're going to get eaten by the lions. If they worship this God between now and 30 days after now, then they get eaten by lions. Do you like that? Does that sound good? This is going to be like a month of you being God. Cool, right? And King Darius is like, yeah, I guess it sounds pretty cool. I'm signing the dang thing, you know? Here, where's the pen? You know? Um... I mean, if I was the poor guy, I was the king. I'd be sitting there like that sound kind of (laughs) weird. You know what? Let's think about this for a minute. I mean, honestly, they might have like given the king, you know, a bunch of women and a whole gallon of wine to be sipping on when he said yes. (laughs) When he said yes, you know, and then they're like, king, dude, you're awesome, man. You no, you, you, you are awesome. I know, I'm pretty cool, but you, King, are awesome. So I think we need to have an awesome month, right? A King month. It'll be great. Everybody will come and celebrate. They'll celebrate you. You.
1: You. You.
0: and The man. You're the guy. Yeah. You're You're the guy. You're the guy. And King (laughs) Darius is sitting there sipping his wine.
1: I'm the guy. Uh, Uh, Oh, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. As I should be. Yeah,
0: pour me a little more wine, honey. Thank you. You're beautiful. I'm the guy. Um I'm the guy. Uh, while you're pouring the wine, the did you guy. Did you know that I'm the guy? Yeah. Cool. Just just in case you know. Could you give the
1: guy a little more wine? Thank you. Um I like the sound of this, you know. Let's do it. Let's it's do me, it, man. It's me month. How Sides cool is it that? wakes up the next morning like very oh, hungover like, oh, what oh, did I do? It's man. it's like a bad episode of the hangover movies. Right. You know, it's just like uh, I, do? Do I... I signed that. Oh no! Why did
0: I? Huh? Anyway, we're not sure how it went. <laughs> yeah, down. we have,
1: but all we know <laughs> that is that sounds
0: pretty good, <laughs> right? All we know is that uh now King established the decree and signed the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Right? Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. So it's here. Uh, we it's are done as a done thing can be. Yeah. So here we are in chapter 10, verse—not chapter 10. Here we are in verse 10, and what does Daniel do? So Daniel, being perfect as he always is, knew exactly what was going on. He knew that these other governors didn't like him. He knew that there's something—there's a a law that was just passed. Uh, He knew every detail of the law, and he knew the consequences of breaking Mm -hmm. that law. He knew that they were doing this against him mm-hmm. and his God, specifically mm-hmm. to get rid of him. He knew all of these things. And yet, and in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down See, on and his that's, knees three So times that's
1: another thing. I've never thought about this way. until just now. Daniel was removed from this this decision decree and he was kind of a hierarchy of power yes which leads me to believe that we may not be very far off in assuming they got the king drunk yeah. because what wouldn't daniel have stood for uh it would have been likely he wouldn't have been all for that type of shenanigans sure he wouldn't have been present on his own accord maybe maybe yeah. So it's likely to assume that I'm I'm stretching. He here. wasn't there, obviously. He wasn't there. Um, he wasn't no invited mention. to that party. Exactly. So I'm I'm thinking it may have been a party he wasn't invited to on his own accord, right? Private dinner um, party because it was kind of one of those. Uh, yeah, I've seen y'all's parties. I'm kind of not on the Babylonian trade for this. Right. And right. So he leaves. He's not a part of it. So who can't object to it and bring sense to the king?
0: Yeah. And so, we don't know...
1: None of the... No, none of this... I don't know any yeah. of this. I'm just We assume, don't know
0: where it was or how it was This is kind done, of one of those things that's very idea, interesting. Yeah. I
1: just thought about this. You know, Daniel being a hierarchy of power, right. like Joseph was. Joseph was never un, a part of these decisions. Yeah. Even yeah. when the king made a decision, he was like, Hey, Joe, what do you think? Yeah? Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So... So, in this, I can only assume that something that was transpiring that evening was not in accordance to what Daniel either believed or thought was morally accurate. And so, he removed himself. In removing himself, he wasn't there to object to his own demise. Right. Well— And I don't know, but I mean, that just seems very... Maybe. I I don't know.
0: All we know is it says, so these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him.
1: See, but if the satraps were under him, wouldn't he, shouldn't he have been there?
0: Well, yes and no. So the satraps, there was 120 of them, right? Right, which he was one of the governors of. Of, right. But there's three governors. There's 120 satraps. Right, but if this was a decision-making party... 60, 60. Right.
1: So what I'm saying and is, mind if it you, was a the Babylonians party, have all
0: been there. The Babylonians are
1: huge
0: oh, yeah. on the number sixty. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, they might have actually had a base sixty number six system. I believe they did actually have a base sixty number system, <laughs> just because so many different numbers divide evenly into sixty. Right. You know, uh, that's one of the reasons. That we have a base twelve, not a base twelve, but one of the reasons why we have uh, twelve hours in a day and stuff like that, right um, and those divisions is that there's a lot of numbers that evenly divide into twelve, right. You know, and then sixty is just all the easier to do that. And twelve is a divisor of uh, uh, of sixty, right. Um, and so anyway, all that all, all I'm saying there is I think if there was there's three governors, one hundred and twenty satraps, That's 60 satraps per governor. I'm guessing that each governor had 60 satraps under him.
1: Right, right. Well, we're going to take a break right there. We'll We'll be be right right back. back. All right. We are of the back. We are back. Okay. So
0: the law was passed and verse 10 quite clearly says now when daniel knew that the writing was signed he went home that's all it says he went home next verse well next sentence anyway and in his upper room see there could have been a comma there but it says and in his upper room with his windows open towards jerusalem he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as is the custom, as was his custom since early days. So these guys knew, these other governors knew that in order to get rid of Daniel, they were going to have to attack him with something related to Daniel's God, right? And they're like, okay, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Ah, anybody who worships somebody other than Darius in the next 30 days, lion's den. Boom. They know how perfect daniel is they know that daniel goes up there and prays three times a day on his knees like a good christian and so they're like well, okay well we'll just make that illegal but they don't say everybody who worships the god of jehovah uh, the god jehovah or anybody who was uh uh from jerusalem and worships their god you know uh will get tossed in the lion's dead no no, no. they're like okay everybody everybody who doesn't everybody who worships something other than you darius lion's den boom and the funny thing is is the only people that that would really affect is just daniel that's the only one that really affects he knows that he knows that he was targeted i mean all these other king all these other people probably worship darius anyway you know uh nor do they really care what god they worship because you know i don't know i I don't know i don't know how strongly what other gods that they worship you know babylonian gods maybe Mm -hmm. but you know something tells me that uh them not worshiping their gods is not quite the same deal as daniel not worshiping his god and anyway he was the one that was targeted and he knew all this was going on and what did he do in direct defiance Of the signed by the King Darius law. He prayed to his God. So Daniel just broke the law. And Daniel's perfect. He doesn't break the law. But this is a really good example of. Follow the laws of the land as much as you can. But draw the line when it comes to not worshiping your God or not following God's laws. So this is an example of following God's laws over man's laws. God doesn't say, um, don't worship me and don't pray to me if you're going to get persecuted for doing it. You know, he's not like, okay, I'm not that important, guys. Okay, I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not that important. You don't need to go get yourself killed for worshiping me, okay? God's like, No, sorry, I am literally that important. And if you love me, then you will actually die, you know, worshiping me if worshiping me, you know, uh, is something that would, you know, get you killed because God is the only only true God. He's the only one worthy of worship, and he demands our worship, okay? Uh, That's part of being a Christian. If you're a Christian and you don't worship God, You're not a Christian. Just saying, you know, um, you're, you're just not, okay? And so whenever Daniel here is kneeling down and worshiping and praying to God, he's just being a good Christian in direct defiance of the law. So he is breaking the law here. That's what he is doing he knows that he's going to get incarcerated for it he knows the penalty he knows he's breaking the law and yet he's serving he's following god's law over man's law Mm -hmm. and that is something that every christian on this planet needs to remember and the sad thing is here's the sad thing y'all here in america Christians don't think that way too much anymore. They will follow God, a man's law over God's law all the they time will. and still consider themselves good Christians. Good, upright, standing, I follow God's law, you know. Mm-hmm. In fact, they oftentimes say that following God's law means not worshiping God and following man's law. Uh, no? Have you ever read the book of Daniel? Okay, let me point you to the book of Daniel, all right? Um, and God says you, you, you bring... Uh, praise and honor, you bring honor to yourself and praise to God by being persecuted for serving God. So he's like, you know, follow man's law as much as it, you know, uh, follows my law. But as soon as following man's law breaks my law, stop, stop doing that. Stop, you know, because I'm, I, I, You should care more about what I think than what they think. Because right. I have power over them, and I have power over your soul. So there's that. So follow me, not them. Okay, just saying. Uh, who has control of your soul here? Do they have control of your soul? Eternal damnation, hellfire? Right. Mm. I have that power. Worship me, follow me, and not them. All right. So anyway, uh, there's a lot of different things that we could say now uh about this world that we live in uh about following man's law over god's law and over here in america we are so spoiled just living up to high life pretty good every most everybody who wants one has a job living pretty good if you want a church you can have a church um and so, we're over here thinking to ourselves, oh, the government said this, that, or the other. Maybe we should do that, or maybe we should go do this program. That seems like a good idea, and it's in direct defiance of God's law. Let's say a Christian that, a quote-unquote Christian that supports Planned Parenthood, they are out there, y'all. There are supposed Christians that support Planned Parenthood and think that abortion is a great thing. Those are not Christians, by the way, but they call themselves Christian. Yeah. But anyway, so they're over here um, following man instead of worshiping. They're in direct defiance of God. And they're over here, you know, getting butt hurt because other Christians, real Christians, are saying you shouldn't do that. You should follow God. When at the same time, you have Christians over in North Africa, uh, the Middle East, Korea. North Korea. You have Christians that are literally getting persecuted and killed, executed for being a Christian, and you don't hear them complaining, mind you. Oftentimes, it's because they're executed,
1: right? I was, I was, but I was getting there.
0: Um, we're, we're we're so spoiled over here. We have we have a choice that doesn't involve death about serving man or serving God over there. If they want to be a Christian, their choice is oftentimes death, which is far greater than life. If in death you are serving God. Right. So anyway, there's that Daniel knew what the consequences were. And Daniel was apparently quite happy to break the law in order to serve God. And that is an excellent example for everybody be there's a what, what's that what's that him dare to be a daniel i can honestly say that. i've never sung it before
1: no but i, I like I the even... sentiment
0: yeah. I'll pray all, all right we are back so um no, where was I going? There? Yeah, we had we, we had, had a little like a tef- glitch. technical.
1: Difficulty. The Wi-Fi said adios. Adios. Before we uh, said adios. before we
0: did, which is not cool Wi-Fi. Yeah. Wiffy, um, the old Wiffy. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, uh, what I was saying before is Daniel is the same. He's just as human as you or I. Yep. Nothing particularly special about him. He breathes air. He eats food, uh, drinks water, and I guess wine occasionally. Um, he's a dude, right? He really is a dude, okay? But wh- why do we sing hymns like dare to be a Daniel? Right. The only, right. only, only, only reason is because Daniel follows God. He does exactly what God says to do, and he does right. it. Okay. That's The only reason that Daniel is even in this Bible Mm -hmm. here, the only reason that Daniel is recorded 3,000 years later and will be until the end of time is simply because he did what God told him to. And not just being recorded either, but being recorded in a positive light. Okay, and we're going to get into that next Tuesday. But until then... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray us out of here. We're going to get to the meat of this, which, as we'll find out, isn't apparently Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, meat,
1: not Daniel, right? <laughs>
0: uh, the lions will.
1: will be the lions. So... Met Daniel.
0: They didn't meet Daniel.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, uh, all right. Uh, well. So anyway, uh, let's let's say a quick prayer, y'all. A great Father in heaven, we thank you and praise you for your word. We thank you for your truth. And we thank you for this wonderful example in your word, Daniel. Thank you for Daniel. Uh, Lord, I pray that we would be like Daniel as Daniel is like Christ. And that is to say, I pray, Lord, that you would put it in our hearts. Give us your spirit to follow you. Even when man says not to, even when the law says not to, Even when it means dying for the faith, Lord, to die in service to you is a blessing that is not afforded to everybody. And so, Lord, we love you, and we do seek to follow you. And we hope our listeners are um, um, blessed um, by this podcast. We pray that you would edify them and lift them up. Um, And I pray, Lord, that you would give us the boldness, uh, give us the truth, and give us a heart to serve you, because that's what what it means to be a Daniel Lord is simply to just do what you tell us to do. That's all it means is to do what you tell us to do. And so I pray that you would put it in our hearts to do what you tell us to do. Your word says it all. Pray that we would follow your word and serve you, Lord, um, as much as we possibly can. And uh, I pray that you would praise your holy name through us. and through this podcast, uh, bless all of our listeners, uh, bless the Texans take. And I pray that you would uh, be with these two Texans here tonight. It is in Christ's holy and precious name that we come before you and pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Uh, y'all. Well, we don't have anything more for you until Tuesday. So tune in then. And until then, adios. adios.